four. Yeah, the treasurer, Jim Chalmers, like he did this big sort of thesis type thing a couple of weeks ago and it was all in the Saturday Australian and it was about Jim Chalmers' philosophies about completely changing the economy and, and all this sort of stuff. If you ask me, he's gotten a bit ahead of himself. He's got a few things to worry about today rather than about the future. But anyway, and now he's talking about superannuation. As I said earlier in the show... Whenever any newly elected government starts raising superannuation in any way, shape, or form, I start to get worried. I mean, really worried. Chalmers is vowing to end Australia's super wars by writing into law exactly what his objective or what the objective of superannuation is. So he wants to write legislation saying what the objective of super is. So this is after the COVID years, people all over the country who were doing it financially tough or who were given the opportunity, I reckon, were able to take money out of super. They want to stop that from happening. But there's also got to be reforms around personal superannuation accounts, self-managed super, where wealthy families have dumped millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in there for the tax benefits. Anyway, how could this affect you in the future? Diana Messina, Senior Economist at AMP Capitals on the line to help us out, as she always does when stories like this are around. How are you, Diana? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on, as always. Okay. So there's no clear-cut policy from him yet. He's just floated all this stuff today. But what do you think the government might be up to here? Well, we've been talking about these super wars you know, for the last years and particularly what happened during COVID because the real question is, should we be able to take money out of super at times like when we need to buy a house, if you're a first-home buyer, or take a portion out of super or if you're in financial hardship? Now, that was never the purpose of super initially in the last few years have uh, have have been, I think, extremely different and the type of situation like we had during COVID is unlikely to happen again because we know how to deal with a pandemic-like situation. There are other ways to help households besides letting them dip into super. So we need to make a judgment call about whether getting access to super for, for specific things is right and if it should be allowed. And I guess the government is going down the path with uh, no, it should not be allowed. Super is for retirement purposes only. And that's what they want to legislate. So something's likely to come out in the budget around a specific policy for this. When, when, he's, when he's talking about the l- sort of language in legislation to define super, what do you think that will look like? So the, the types of uh, commentary that he's been saying on the type of words uh, is uh, around sustainability. So if you take out you know, $20,000 for super, will that make your super sustainable for the long term? The power, I remember during the pandemic when people were taking out about $20,000, $25,000 out of super, we were asked what the impact would be. And because of compound interest, you know, the impact to your superannuation after 30, 40 years, that could be, uh, that could be about $90,000 or so that you have less in your super account. So these are the types of questions that will be raised. And I think that Ultimately, there will just be a call that you cannot access your super until you get to preservation age, even for things like purchasing a home or in times that we have a significant downturn or a recession. Yeah. The the thing that worries me, though, is should I be worried about this? And I'm happy to tell my personal story. When I first started work full-time 
in February of 1990, straight out of university. I've been in continuous work since. You know, it started at 3%, it went to 6%, went to 9%, whatever. So superannuation has always been part of my salary because I moved on to salaried employment and then I was signing contracts. And at one stage, you know, when I was doing a very, very senior job at News Corp, I got paid low and they gave me a lot of super. You know, I'm sacrificing then. What I'm worried about is at the back end of my life, you know, I'll be 65 in 11 years, if any government between now and then says, look, you got a little bit of super there. We're going to have to take some. Like I'll be filthy because I could have had it in the first place. Mm. Am I making sense? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think uh, the the policies that the government seems to want to go down is not around. Potentially, there will be some caps on superannuation. They have been talking about that, but we're talking about very high caps that the average household is not going to reach. So potentially caps of $5 million on super balances, even a bit less. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not too concerned that the implementation of any specific policies to, to limit superannuation specifically for retirement savings will actually mean that an average person will be worse off. Um, I think it's more just around trying to safeguard those pension assets for the future because we also know that in countries where they don't have compulsory super or some type of saving system in place, then the government budgets are in extreme stress in those types of countries. Take the US, for example, and there are issues with that as well. So uh, I'm, I don't think that the average household should be worried about this type of policy. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's good news to hear. You know, when Jim Chalmers was talking about the market-based economy and his plans around it is that a, is that easily able to be explained? Do you do you know what he's talking about there? Uh, to be honest, not really, but it could be setting us up for because he lost me too. I couldn't follow it. <laughs> I mean, the government is going to be under a lot of pressure in this budget because they have to manage trying to help households at a time when we know all the different cost of living pressures that the average household is under in Australia, but not increasing inflation. Yeah. And that's going to be a really tough sell for them because they do have extra money currently in the budget, about an extra $10 billion worth of funds that they could use to give back to the economy because commodity prices have been higher than they expected. So they could probably give that back without raising inflation too much, but there'll be a lot of scrutiny on uh, what they come out with, so I think maybe you know all these all the, all these all this, all this communication from the treasurer is trying to set us up for something that's going to come out in you know a few months' time in the budget. But it, I doubt that there will be significant cost of living relief, and the government still has a lot to consider for the future in terms of ballooning interest expense on their own borrowing and NDIS spending, which we know is becoming a larger and unsustainable share of the economy. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I. I can tell what you, I understand what you're saying that he's setting us up for something here. There's something's going to go on in this budget, and it'll probably become clear over the next couple of months. Diana Messina, senior economist, AMP Capital. Thanks so much. You've allayed some of my fears. So thank, <laughs> thank you. you.